the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Another edition of Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell, and it is the halfway point of the college football season. Today on Locked On Pokes, handing out grades. That's right, we are grading individual players, position groups. Uh, we're going to get as far as we can today, starting with offense. If it needs to bleed into tomorrow's podcast, it can. If not, I'll get it all knocked out today. Make sure you head over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell. Also follow at Locked On Pokes, the official Twitter handle for this podcast at Locked On Pokes, where I will tweet out the link every day, uh, as well as some teasers like I did earlier today about these grades. Make sure you uh, follow both of those Twitter accounts. Also, subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. All right, handing out mid-season grades uh, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I'll get to the coaches as well. We might not have time for the coaches today, so we might have to get to the coaches uh, tomorrow. At least the the head coach and the coordinators we'll get to either at the end today or tomorrow. But we need to start with the quarterback. You always start with the quarterback. He's the guy who makes things run. Spencer Sanders, I'm going to give him a C. Just just, just a C. No C+, plus, no C-, minus, just a C. He had a great game against Oregon State. He was phenomenal. Probably set unrealistic expectations for himself, uh, you know, for all of us as to what he would be the rest of the season because we see him against Oregon State. He's making these throws, these deep outs, these, you know, uh, you know, bombs across the middle, and we're thinking, oh, this is his first game. If this is what the first game looks like, I can't imagine what the sixth game is going to look like. Well, we saw what the sixth game looked like. He regressed a little bit. I don't even know if I would say regressed. He played a little bit better opponent. He had a bad day. He had a bad, uh, you know, showing as a young quarterback. Five turnovers in that game. Uh, you know, the, the Texas Tech game offset a lot of the good things that he's done throughout the season. I, I think against Texas, he played average. I think against Kansas State, he was average. You know, second half against Kansas State was three completions, two interceptions. So uh, I'm hard-pressed to give him more than that, but he's he's certainly not failing. He's certainly not a, a D or an F. He's, he's just been good to this point in the season. Average, I would say, to this point in the season. Uh, you know, prior to this weekend against Texas Tech, the grade would have been a lot higher. He was probably a B-plus coming into the Texas Tech game. When you turn it over five times, that drops you a full letter grade. I, I mean, you turn it over five times, and, and most of them, uh, especially the fumbles, you know, the interceptions, look, lots going on. You're trying to make reads. He's flustered. But the fumbles, that's just a simple matter of taking better care of the ball because both of his fumbles, he had the ball held out wide, very loose, not taking good care of the football. So for Spencer Sanders, I'm going to have to give him a C for his early season play. Uh, giving out grades here on Locked On Pokes for the first half of the season. Let's move on now to Chuba Hubbard. Gee, I wonder what I should give Chuba Hubbard. How about an A++ for Chuba Hubbard? He has exceeded every expectation and then some. He leads the nation in rushing. Nobody is even close to him. Uh, I believe, let me look at this stat, make sure I don't, I don't misrepresent it here. Yes, only one running back in the country is within 300 yards 
of Chuba Hubbard. That is J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State. Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, for as great as he is, he is not within 300 yards of Chuba Hubbard. Chuba has 1,094 rushing yards. No other back in the country uh, even has 900. Only two other backs in the country have 800, and he's nearly at 1,100. So Chuba has simply been phenomenal, um, and, and again, I don't think that we can overstate how great he's been. He's, he's trying to put himself in a category in terms of Oklahoma State running backs that's a, a very small group of backs. I mean, we're talking about Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, Ernest Anderson, maybe Joseph Randall. I would need to go back and look at Randall's stats in that 2011 season. I know he had a big year. I'm just not sure how big. Uh, Justice Hill two years ago, still those numbers won't even come close to touching what Chuba's going to put up, assuming he stays healthy for the rest of the season. So, Chuba Hubbard with his 1,094 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns is an A++. Uh, he hadn't done a ton in the receiving game, but he hadn't been asked to do a ton in the receiving game. Five catches for 22 yards so far this season for Chuba Hubbard. That's that's not where he's being asked to carry the ball. He's carried it 162 times now in six games. 162 times in six games. Comes out to 27 per game, including an eight-carry game against McNeese State. So that just tells you how much he's been carrying the ball as of late against Tulsa, Texas, Kansas State, and then again against Texas Tech on Saturday. And that game on Saturday against Tech, it, it was a weird game because Oklahoma State trailed the entire way. So when you trail and you're down by 20, you're trying to make up ground, what, what do you naturally do? You throw the football. That, that's just what you do. But your best player is your running back. Your best offense is your running game. So you could tell that Oklahoma State was fighting, needing to throw the ball to get back in the game, and knowing, okay, if we're going to get back in the game, we're going to have to give it to Chuba because he's our best player. He, he's kind of what's making this engine tick. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was interesting to watch them try to battle with that a little bit. Uh, on Saturday, but Chuba Hubbard has been simply phenomenal all season. Uh, all right, I'm going to do the the whole receiving core, uh, at least the the top few guys uh, who who are big names. You know, Tylen Dillon Stoner, Jordan McRae, might throw Braden Johnson, Landon Wolf in there uh, as well. Jelani Woods, the tight end. I'll do all that, uh, but I'm going to save that for after the break because I don't want to do one and then have to you know do receivers on either side. So we'll take a quick break, come back. Make sure you head over to Vivid Seats. At Vivid Seats, you can make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. This is Locked on Pokes. I am Colby Powell. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell. Also follow at Locked on Pokes and subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. More grades, wide receiving core coming up next. Do not move a muscle. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. back into Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Make sure, once again, you head over to Twitter, follow me at Colby J. Powell, and more importantly, follow at Locked On Pokes on Twitter, the official Twitter account for this podcast where you can get all the links uh, and updates on everything coming your way. Subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. We're at the halfway point of the football season. It is a bye week. This is the perfect time to hand out first half 
grades. Uh, we handled Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard in the first segment. A C for Spencer Sanders, an A+. Plus for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, if I could give him a better grade, I absolutely would. Uh, let's go ahead and head down to the receiving core. Tyler Wallace. Tyler Wallace, 39 catches in the first six games. Uh, so about six and a half per game. 703 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. I struggled with Tylen Wallace because obviously those are great numbers. Third leading receiver in the country, seven touchdowns. Tylen Wallace, He's been phenomenal. But if an A-plus is reserved for Chuba, who is doing things that are historic, then where do I grade out Tylen Wallace, who's been really good? Because that's what he's been. He's been really good. He's had some phenomenal catches. Uh, You know, a couple of his long touchdowns were on screen passes, things of that nature, or he turned on the Jets against lesser competition. So, And and this is not by any means to lessen Tylen's accomplishments. I just have to reserve the A-plus for Chuba Hubbard. So I'm just giving Tylen Wallace just an A. Just an A. He's been, he's been great, but he hasn't been historic. I would like to see the passing game for Oklahoma State as a whole improve. I don't know how much more Tylen Wallace can really do. He's facing a lot of coverages uh, that are going to make it difficult for him throughout the season. We saw w- what Texas did to him, what Texas Tech did to him this past weekend. Even Kansas State, Tylen Wallace feasted in the first quarter, and then I don't believe he had a catch in the second half. Against Texas Tech, a lot of his yards came in garbage time because Texas Tech, most of the game, had a safety over the top. They were bracketing him, giving him absolutely nothing. So that leads us to the rest of the wide receivers where Spencer Sanders is going to have to distribute the wealth a little bit more. Brings me to Spencer, uh, not Spencer Sanders, Dylan Stoner. Dylan Stoner... This year, I I was really expecting big things from him. He is a guy who we've seen flashes of brilliance while at Oklahoma State. He's never been, you know, a number one guy or anything like that. He's not a guy who's going to go out and have 60 catches in a season. But he's got 24 catches right now, 224 yards, no touchdowns for Dylan Stoner. And and this is another one. The receivers, to me, uh, this is the hardest position group for me to grade because – is it the, the receiver's fault that, that he's not more involved? Is it the overall passing game fault? Is it the scheme? Is it the fact that Spencer's looking Tylen's away too much and not looking to distribute the ball enough? There's so much more that goes into receivers and whether they're successful because their success is so dependent upon other parts of the offense. But for Dylan Stoner, uh, you know, he's a guy who really has flown under the radar and just kind of been a guy this year. And I expect Expected a little more from Stoner, so I'm probably going to give Stoner the same grade I gave Spencer Sanders. I'm going to give him a C. I would like to see him pick it up in the second half, uh, you know. And, and if he needs Spencer Sanders to be better for him to be better, okay. Well, that's the same grade I gave Spencer. So both those guys, I think, need to get better uh, down the stretch of the season. Oklahoma State at four and two certainly does not have their easiest games in front of them. I mean, three of Oklahoma State's four wins were all non-conference. They're one and two in conference play. The only game that you think, okay, yeah, that's a for sure win, they've got it locked up, is Kansas, and that's just because Kansas is Kansas. Every other game on Oklahoma State's schedule is going to be a battle. So, uh, yeah, those guys are going to have to be better for sure. We're handing out grades here on Locked on Pokes, midseason grades. Uh, Now Jordan McRae. Jordan McRae, 
Only nine catches on the season, 159 yards, one touchdown. He did have the the big touchdown against Texas Tech this past week, which attempted to keep Oklahoma State in the game. He also had a drop on third down earlier in the game against Texas Tech. I'm going to give him a C as well. He he's a guy who's you know he's a senior. He's filled a role. Oklahoma State needed somebody on the other side, uh, opposite Tylen Wallace. He's filled that role. But again, the passing game as a whole just hasn't been great, so I don't know how uh, I can really award m- much better than that to Jordan McRae. Braden Johnson and Landon Wolf. Uh, you know, those guys haven't done a ton. Only three catches for Braden Johnson. His three catches are for 126 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had a long catch against Oregon State, uh, and he's had some big plays, 42 yards per catch on his three. Landon Wolf has 13 catches for 111 yards. Th- those guys are kind of falling right in that C range as well. Uh, and-, and then some of the other receivers, you know, we don't need to rate C.J. Moore and L.C. Greenwood and Langston Anderson, Jacob Morris, some of these guys who have one catch. But I do want to give a grade to Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods has three catches for 20 yards this season. I'm really curious as to what the plan was coming into the year with Johnny Woods, uh, Jelani Woods, pardon me, in, in terms of using him as a receiving tight end versus just a blocking tight end, kind of in that cowboy back role. Because coming into the year, I had to assume that Jelani Woods was going to be used much more than he has been. Three catches in six games? You're telling me Jelani Woods at six foot seven with that frame and that skill set? is touching the ball once every two weeks, that just does not seem like enough. So maybe whenever I get back around to grading the coaches, that'll fall into that category. But for Jelani Woods, I'm telling you, three catches, 20 yards, that's not enough. And and I don't know that that's necessarily on him. So I don't know that I can, you know, really give him a bad grade. The offense has not found a way to get him the ball. But, you know, Oklahoma State's struggling in the red zone. You're telling me there's no way to get Jelani Woods involved? Oklahoma State in the second half against Texas Tech just refusing to pick up third and two, third and three, third and four? You're telling me that wouldn't be a good time to get your six foot seven tight end involved? I just, I, I just refuse to believe that Jelani Woods can't be more involved in this offense. Uh, now, look, as far as grading out the offensive line goes, I don't know enough about offensive line play, and I won't pretend to know enough about offensive line play to individually grade every position. If I were grading the offensive line as a whole, I'd probably give the offensive line a B. Look, they're blocking for the leading rusher in the country by a couple hundred yards. That's pretty impressive. Uh, the pass blocking hasn't been great. It certainly was not great against Texas Tech. This is also an O-line that's been without its starting tackles for a couple of weeks. They've had to shuffle around, do some different things on that line. So I'm going to give them a B because this is an offensive line that in recent years, particularly in the Mason Rudolph era, was a complete train wreck, couldn't run block, couldn't pass block, and Oklahoma State was having to do everything under the sun to operate around that, figure out ways to be creative and, you know, essentially bring in other blockers, run a lot of diamond formation, have less guys out in routes to account for the offensive line. I don't think that they've had to do as much of that this year. Uh, you know, they haven't been stellar, not, not going to win the Joe Moore Award, but they've been good. They've been better than in years past. So shout out to Charlie Dickey for that. I will give the offensive line a B. All right, that is all for the offense. We're going defense after the break. This is Locked on Pokes. I'm Colby Powell. Subscribe and rate 
this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. And make sure you keep it right here. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here on Locked On Pokes, handing out midseason grades for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The offense taken care of, moving over to the defensive side of the football. Uh, and defensively, there, there's so many guys who shuffle through. So I'm not going to rate everyone individually. I might just do a few of those. But I'm going to rate position groups for the defense. Defensive line, linebackers, corners, and safeties. And we can start up front on the defensive line. You know, the defensive line, this is – a group that lost a ton of talent from last year's team, really lost its top six players, and now have been relying on, on a lot of unknowns. Israel Antoine took a few games uh, to, to get eligible before he could play. Trace Ford, who is a true freshman, I think has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, he's probably been the most consistent and best pass rusher for this defense. Now, they have not gotten a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I think they've done a pretty good job in run defense, especially whenever you consider the game two weeks ago against Kansas State. And that was really a bright spot for this defense because Kansas State, a team that wants to line up, play smash-mouth football, and punch you in the mouth. And Oklahoma State didn't let them do it. Oklahoma State uh, punched Kansas State in the mouth and really backed them off, didn't allow them to do really anything. But – then you get against a spread team like Texas Tech, and the defense totally collapses, gives up 400-plus yards passing, 45 points, uh, and doesn't really have much of a chance, especially considering the defense had to start in their own territory several times off of Spencer Sanders' turnover. So for the D-line, I'm going to give them <clears> – <throat> I've waffled. I've waffled on, on what I'm going to give the D-line. I'm going to give them a B. I'm going to give them a solid B. Uh, you know, it, it can't be higher because it's not like they're out here shutting everybody down. Texas still had success. Texas Tech still had success. But they did have the great game against Kansas State. They really adjusted in the second half against Tulsa after Tulsa was able to run the ball effectively on them in the first half. So I'm going to give the defensive line a B. So, you know, Brandon Evers, Tyler Lacey, uh, Brock Martin, Israel Antoine, Trace Ford, all those guys, Jaden Jernigan, seen some time, all those guys. I'm going to give them a B. Moving on to the linebacking core, I think this has been a real bright spot for Oklahoma State's defense. I didn't know much about a guy like Amen Ogbong Bamiga coming into the season, a redshirt junior, Malcolm Rodriguez coming down from his spot at safety to play linebacker this year, and both of those guys have been phenomenal. So I'm going to grade. I'm actually going to give the linebackers uh, an, an A this season. I, I think that they've been that good. Every time you look up, Ogbon Bamiga or Malcolm Rodriguez are making a tackle. So I, I just don't know how I could give them any lower grade than that. Uh, obviously, you, you'd like to see a little bit better uh, in terms of the depth. Devin Harper has, has battled some injuries. And it, it's a struggle not having Calvin Bundage. Calvin Bundage is one of your best pass, pass rushers, which would help the Cowboys get more pressure on the quarterback, something that we're going to have to see as the season goes on because you saw Jet Duffy look really comfortable last week against Oklahoma State, and that did not bode well. And the Cowboys have a lot better quarterbacks than Jet Duffy still remaining on their schedule. Still have to play Charlie Brewer, Brock Purdy, uh, Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma and everything that that passing game is capable of. So 
Still needs to be better, but just a solid A for the linebackers. They've been really good. Now, the safeties, Colby Harvell-Peel, Trey Sterling, Jarrett Bernard, I think they've done a pretty good job. I'm going to give them a B plus. Uh, I think that they were good this last week. The loss of Colby Harvell-Peel early in that game really hurt. Tanner McAllister came in, valiant effort, but you could see the drop-off. There's a reason that Colby Harvell-Peel is the starter and Tanner McAllister is the backup, and, and that's not to sit here and rip on Tanner McAllister. He was doing the best he could. By the time he got in the game, Texas Tech already had the offense rolling completely in rhythm. Oklahoma State was still turning the ball over, so McAllister was being put in, in spots as a backup safety in tough tough positions, having to field an offense that really had it going uh, and knew pretty much what it wanted to do in attacking Oklahoma State. The big deal is Trey Sterling being as effective as he has at safety. Trey Sterling being effective at safety has allowed uh, you know Mike Gundy and Jim Knowles to leave Malcolm Rodriguez at linebacker. So I think Trey Sterling uh, has been huge back there. And then Jarek Bernard, you know, last year he had a couple of the big splashy plays, block punts, return for touchdowns, things of that nature. Not as much of that, but he's been solid, just solid. So I'll give Jarek Bernard a, a a B plus along with the rest of those safeties. AJ Green and Rodarius Williams, the corners. This one's kind of tough. This one's kind of tough. These are guys who Rodarius Williams is a redshirt junior, A.J. Green is a senior. They've been starting beside each other for several years now. And what do I grade corners who, in conference play, didn't have to face Colin Johnson against Texas, didn't really have to face any receivers against Kansas State. Kansas State had no interest, no business, even attempting to throw the football. And then a Texas Tech team that absolutely torched them. Even in week one, Jake Luton at Oregon State pretty much had his way with Oklahoma State's secondary. Man, I think being a corner is one of the toughest jobs in football. I really believe that because you get called for pass interference if you so much as get within a six-inch radius of a receiver, and yet you're expected to stay in his hip pocket. You're expected to get deflections, make interceptions, never get beat, cover slants, outs, and, and deep balls a lot of the times with no help. If, if your coach decides to blitz, then you've got no help over the top. You have a lot of responsibility as corners. That being said, teams have had success throwing the ball against Oklahoma State. So I'm probably going to have to go, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the B minus C plus range. I'm probably going to go C plus. And, and the reason I go C instead of B is because, these guys have been starting now three years side by side. You just expect so much more, and maybe that's unfair to them because this is still the Big 12. Teams are still spreading you out. Oklahoma State's struggling to get pressure on quarterbacks, which makes it harder to hold up on the back end. But A.J. Green and Rodarius Williams are supposed to be anchors of this defense, and I just don't know that I've seen that yet. So I'll go C-plus for uh, A.J. Green and Rodarius Williams. Got a little bit of time left here, uh, just a bit, to talk special teams. We'll do the coaches tomorrow here on Locked on Pokes. Tom Hutton, he's a punter. Hadn't done much wrong. Shanked won it at Texas Tech. We'll give him a B. It, it, it's the punter. There's not much you can do to screw that up. Matt Amendola, on the other hand, has been phenomenal. Matt Amendola is rock solid. It's gotten to the point, and, and everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say this, when a kicker trots onto the field, you either have anxiety or peace, calm. 
because you know it's going in. When Matt Amendola trots onto the field, I have no anxiety whatsoever. I know that Matt Amendola is going to go out, send it through the uprights, the pokes get three, and we can all move on with our day. So A-plus to Matt Amendola, who has yet to miss this year. The return game, uh, L.D. Brown on kickoffs and Dylan Stoner on punts. Man, I, how, do you even, how do you even rate the return game? Should I give it an I for incomplete? I think I have to. There's nothing to rate. I don't know that L.D. Brown's gotten one back past the 25 yet. They, they fair catch half the time on kickoffs. Dylan Stoner fair catches most punts when he does field one. Doesn't, doesn't get more than 10 yards. It, it's like the Oklahoma State return game for years had great elusive returners. It was Darren Williams. Des Bryant returned kicks in his time. Uh, Justin Blackman returned some kicks. Tyreek Hill was a phenomenal kick returner, one of the best in the country. And now the Oklahoma State kick return game, punts and kickoffs, does not exist so the return game is getting an I for incomplete because there's nothing to grade. There is no return game to speak of. Uh, all right, that's it. That's all for today. That is all the players. We'll have the coaches and more content tomorrow as well. I just want to take this opportunity on the bye week at the halfway point in the season to go through and grade this entire Oklahoma State roster. We'll take a look at the coaches tomorrow. I know we've got a couple new coaches with Charlie Dickey on the offensive line, Sean, Sean Gleason, the offensive coordinator, and then Mike Gundy, Jim Knowles as well. We'll break all that down tomorrow. Appreciate everyone being with us. Once again, remember to follow on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes and subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. This has been another edition of Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.